0: The pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show.
1: Well, good afternoon, folks. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is Depetro.com. Right now, it's 106. This portion of the program, this portion of The John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by, remember competition shooting supplies stop it and see them you want to be make sure that you're secure protect yourself protect your family competition shooting supplies call our leader john francis today at 401-727-1716 firearms ammunition accessories competition shooting supplies 435 benefit street patucket folks as things get dangerous you want to make sure you protect yourself and your family with competition shooting supplies well right now it's 106 folks um Governor McKee is having a press briefing next hour. Is having a press briefing next hour, but to me, I know there's some talk about masks and school and and everything else. But to me, right now, um, Afghanistan obviously just dominates the news, and I want to play. Um, this is, you know, you even have Democrats, Dem- Democrat Jim. Langevin of Rhode Island is throwing the Biden people under the bus saying that he thinks what happened was a disaster and also from Massachusetts. He contemplated a run or briefly ran for president. He was a Marine Corps veteran and he had scathing things to say about the Biden administration.
2: In the last few days seem to have been avoidable. Given all that you've just said, who do you think President Biden is listening to? Well, he's not listening to me because for the last few months I have been telling the administration that they need to start the evacuation
0: immediately. That if you simply did the math with the number of people we need to get out and the number of days that we had before the U.S. troop
3: withdrawal is complete, they should have been conducting this evacuation for months. Uh, This is the first question I asked Secretary Austin Uh, when he came before the House Armed Services Committee just two months ago. I said, Mr. Secretary, why have you not already begun this evacuation?
1: All the scenes of total chaos that we saw play out on the TV yesterday could have been avoided. if They could have been avoided. They were not avoided. And right now the Taliban saying they're going to guarantee women's rights under the limits of Islam, whatever that means. Um, I don't think they're to be trusted. I don't. I mean, do we? Have, why would we trust them? They're terrorists. They're murderers. Um, and we're supposed to believe them that they plan to do the right thing and honor this. I don't. Um, I, I for one do not. <laughs> I don't know how you can. I. I think they. Yes, they're going to say that. Right now. How about this quote? It's too early to say whether women in Afghanistan will be allowed to continue work in the media. Allowed to work in the media. Congressman Jim Langevin, out with a harsh take on the president of Afghanistan. Langevin, look at what 2,500 U.S. soldiers, intelligent air support, working with the Afghan military were able to hold back for so many years. The consequences of our decision to abandon Afghanistan are now on full display. It didn't have to be this way. I'm a Democrat who opposed the withdrawal. This catastrophe is why. And again, that is Rhode Island Congressman Jim Langevin saying this. During a hearing of the U.S. House Armed Service Committee about Afghanistan in May, I asked a senior Defense Department official If the U.S. military would return if the Afghan government asked the United States for help, the official replied, I'm reluctant to get into a hypothetical. My committee colleagues asked several thoughtful questions about Afghanistan's future during the proceedings. We all got the same answer. Shortly thereafter, I joined 10 other members of Congress in writing a letter to President Biden outlining recommendations for improving stability in Afghanistan. We never got a reply from the White House. I suppose we're now experiencing the consequences of not getting into a hypothetical. Public executions, forced marriages are reportedly back. People are fleeing. The Taliban are in Kabul and the government has fallen. This is a catastrophe. This is Rhode Island Congressman Jim Landrin. This negligence was par for the course for the last U.S. administration. I'm disappointed to see it now. At minimum, the Biden administration owed our Afghan allies of 20 years a real plan. They also owed it to our military service members and their families, particularly men and women and their families who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Not to mention the women and girls of Afghanistan who are now experiencing a devastating new reality. Linderman writes, during my time in Congress, I've seen attention in Afghanistan wax and wane. Before the U.S. moves on, I want to explore where we go from here. Ah, um, he goes on and on a little bit. Critics may say the past few months were an indictment of our ability to train the Afghan military. I would say instead, look at what 2,500 U.S. soldiers, intelligence, air support, working with the Afghan military, were able to hold back for so many years. I pray for all U.S. troops and personnel. Now, folks, and that is, you know, he's, uh, he's on the team. That is Congressman Langevin on the team making these statements. Now I want to play again, and I do believe coming up at one uh, thirty is going to be a very important briefing from the White House. But I want to get back to um, this was uh, th- this whole thing of President Biden yesterday.
0: I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw. U.S. forces. As the
2: fallout over the collapse of Afghanistan intensifies, President Biden insisted that bringing U.S. troops home is still the right decision.
4: I will not repeat the mistakes
0: we've made in the past.
2: And while he's standing by his exit strategy, the president also acknowledging that the administration was caught off guard by the speed of the Taliban
4: takeover. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated.
2: Now, with Kabul and chaos amid the frantic rush to evacuate, the president saying he bears some responsibility.
4: I am president of the United States
0: of America. And the buck stops with me.
2: But he's also blaming his predecessor, claiming the Trump administration's timeline for the drawdown tied his hands, forcing him to follow through or risk reigniting the conflict and blaming the Afghan forces, saying he gave them every opportunity to fight for their nation, but that they failed to protect their homeland.
0: It is wrong to order American troops to step up when Afghanistan's own armed forces would not.
2: But Republicans are aiming their attacks squarely at President Biden.
4: I think the president felt strongly about this, obviously. He overruled his own military leaders to do it, and he owns it.
2: And this morning, even some Democrats are calling for answers. The head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Mark Warner, vowing to investigate why the U.S. was not better prepared for, quote, a worst-case scenario. This morning, President Biden is waking up at Camp David overnight. He authorized the State Department to use up to $500 million in emergency funding to help Afghan refugees.
1: Oh, my God, folks. And again, good afternoon. Right now, it's 114. It's Sean Petro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program brought to you by State Towing Service, Auto Sales and Repair, 24-hour towing. Call our friend Michael Salvatore, 380 Valley Street in Providence, 331-0925, 925 for state towing service. Um, I want to get also to uh, John Kirby, who is the Pentagon spokesman. He was on ABC with Stephanopoulos. I want to dip into some of this. He was getting hammered at the Pentagon press briefing yesterday, but let's hear a little bit of him uh, from this morning.
3: John Kirby, John, thank you for joining us this morning. Let's start out with the latest on the evacuation effort right now. What is happening? Is the airport secure?
5: The airport is open and uh, flights are are, uh, going in and out, uh, George. Uh, There's still uh, some uh, security. uh, We have to make sure, particularly around the civilian side, the southern side. But the airport is up and running. Operations are continuing. Over the last 24 hours, uh, we were able to move out more than 700 people. uh, More than 150 of those were American citizens, uh, also uh, including uh, some Afghans in, in that number. And over the same course of time, we were able to flow in almost a thousand more uh, american troops bringing the totals to about uh, 3500 or so more will be coming in over the next two days
3: what about the americans who didn't reach the airport and were told to shelter in place are you in contact with them can you protect them
5: the State Department has actually uh, issued a message to those Americans uh, giving them uh, the cues uh, for when and how uh, they can start to assemble at the, uh, at the airport. Obviously, we want to be careful about talking to this with any great specificity uh, because uh, the situation in Kabul is still so tense in terms of uh, how they would uh, manage to get there. But our focus militarily, George, is very squarely on the airport, making sure that we can keep it up and running, that we can maintain security and stability there. That's the focus of the military right now.
3: What about those 30,000 Afghans who need to be rescued? We've seen these heartbreaking pictures of people chasing the planes, packed into planes. What is the latest on them? When do we expect to have everyone out?
5: Well, we're planning here at the Defense Department to be able to house, temporarily house here at U.S. installations, three installations here in the United States, up to 22,000 of them. And I would remind that since 2005, we've actually moved out 70,000-some-odd Afghans and just 2,000 uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks or so. So, I mean, we're working on this very, very hard in concert with the State Department uh, to get out as many as we can. And as the as the, we've, we've been saying here at the Pentagon, uh, we plan on being on the ground there in Afghanistan for the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's not just about moving out americans it is very much about meeting our moral and sacred obligations to those afghans who helped us over the last 20 years getting as many of them out as we can
1: how is that the solution how is that the solution that now we got what what about the people that have to stay behind how is that i i don't know these these people are like how is that a possible solution going to move them out what about the people that you can't move everyone no that that was not the goal the goal was to improve the country so they could stay there that was the goal i don't understand these people i do understand them that's the problem that is the problem whoever voted Langevin is saying if you're an American and you're over there if I can help you get out um if I can help you get out then contact my office oh okay so that's that's the new plan that 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 that's not a plan i I don't this is, this is just sheer incompetence. If you're a loved one trying to evacuate, contact my office immediately. Situation on the ground is changing rapidly. This is the new plan to call his office. Uh, folks, I, I, again, this weekend showed a lot. This weekend, unfortunately, showed us everything we want. Now you have an emboldened enemy. You have a more confident enemy. They are. Think how they feel. They defeated the United States. I want to go back to that great exchange, Brian Williams. I I also want to say, Brian Williams, when he went either went into a break or finished. who, Who screened the guest? Not, this is like a fire in the hole. This, But this sums up. On the one hand is MSNBC and their feeling about this. And then on the other hand, well, the other voice you're going to hear is that of knowledge. The other voice you're going to hear is U.S. Army veteran Matt Zeller. And this really sums it all up We're
4: in Afghanistan, former combat advisor with Afghan security forces, co-founder of No One Left Behind, a veterans organization that offers services to former Afghan and Iraqi interpreters who resettle here in the United States. Mr. Zeller, it's almost ironic now
0: to state the name of the organization. And you founded. Um, given
4: what we're watching go on, though, I'm curious to hear your reaction of this consequential speech by the American president. Didn't run from it. He owned
1: it. He owned his decision. He uh, owned the fact that, as what? he put it, the buck stops with him. I hope he gets to own their deaths
3: too. I, I don't. I, I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There is such a profound, bold-faced lie in that speech, the idea that we plan for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We set them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. The thing that they were most concerned about was with the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. I'm appalled that he thinks we only need to take 2,000 people. There's 86,000 people who are currently left behind in Afghanistan alone. We've identified all of them for the government. I have no idea why they, that he claims that people don't want to leave Afghanistan. I have a list of 14,000 names right now of people who want to get out of Afghanistan. And the idea that the Afghan military should be blamed for this, do you know how many casualties the Afghan military took in an average year? More than the United States did in 20. When you're not getting paid on a regular basis, when you're not getting fuel, when no one is supplying you with ammunition, and yet you're still showing up to the fight, how dare us for having to blame these people for not having the audacity to be able to survive a Taliban onslaught. No, no, no. What we need to be doing right now, and what I am appalled that the president didn't say, was we need to be talking.
1: You know, that is right on the money. Folks, good afternoon. It's one twenty two. John DePietro on this Tuesday, AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. Now we're standing by because coming up at one thirty is going to be the White House press briefing, and I think it's, I think it should be fireworks. I want to remind you though about our friends J Perry Paving. Always provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, general masonry projects. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Committed to staying on schedule with all projects exceeding our clients' expectations. Call them for a free estimate today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. J. Perry Paving, licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs. No matter how big or how small, experienced skilled team always produce exceptional driveway asphalting j letter j j perry paving they specialize in laying brand new asphalt pavement removal repair and resurfacing need a quote well give them a call today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 j perry paving you can also find them on facebook and then also their website is letter j j perry paving get a free quote and remember no one is better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. They have a special package designed for if you're a veteran, or maybe your mom is, or your dad, or your husband, or your grandfather, or your wife, or your son, or your daughter, Jay Perry Paving, contact them. No one has a better... Think of that. They'll gladly... That's a nice gift for a veteran, having the driveway paved. Brand new driveway. And by the way, if you... Um, I've gone out, if you check their Facebook page, I, I film them. I mean, the before and after is just incredible. They do such a great job. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Folks, as always, visit the website, dipetro.com. Don't forget petro.com, which is brought to you by the Centerdale Revival. Comfort food cocktails. Pop in and see them. I love it. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Stop in and see Shane and his crew at the Centerdale revival i also just a reminder now again coming up at one 30, we're going to uh carry it's scheduled for 1 30, the press briefing that the white house is going to do now this is going to be with sullivan and also with um jen saki who was on vacation and then was forced to come back but i think you know they're trying to spin it now We're going to get all those people out of there. And how is that? That's not going to do anything. That's not going to solve anything. They're they're claiming, folks, they're claiming victory over the United States of America. There's nothing positive about that. I repeat, there's nothing positive about the fact that they're claiming victory over the United States they won we lost that's how they're spinning it nothing positive about that as far as we're concerned now i did see that apparently we froze yeah this so they ought to take this pretty well i i can't stand the fact that we and you see them there's just a lot of them and they don't they don't value life they are delusional um And and the fact is that how are they now going to Biden's failure in Afghanistan has been so bad that even a friendly press corps has bailed on him. <laughs> I think I want to hear some of that. I, I I just I think this is um. Listen, there's mistakes in every administration. I don't think this is one that they could afford, and it was. It was avoidable. It was a completely self-inflicted wound. Intelligence warned of Afghan military collapse despite Biden's assurances. Reports that over the summer intelligence warned of a Taliban wrote. But back when Biden was making his decision, they hedged. This wasn't an intelligence failure. It was a Biden failure. He knew the risks and didn't care. And that, I mean, that is very, very strong words. That's also not who, that's really not who he's supposed to be, right? He's supposed to be Mr. Compassion. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be Mr. Compassion, Mr. Knows Global Affairs. And that is not the case. You know, and Stephen Colbert likened Trump voters to the Taliban. What a disgrace. Why should our soldiers be fighting radicals in a civil war in Afghanistan? We've got our own on Capitol Hill. Yeah, two hours on January 6th. They're executing people. Huh. Trump voters are now compared to the Taliban. What a disgrace. Well, Colbert's commentary... Is warmed over Pelosi speak with an invisible veneer of comedy. It's also revealing about liberalism. They do believe the war on terror should not end, but be transferred to domestic politics, with Trump voters treated like Al Qaeda. Wow, pretty accurate, though. Pretty accurate. Um, U.S. reconstruction mission in Afghanistan marked by too many, but they the we have apparently frozen. Their bank (laughs) accounts. And so that could be a problem. The spies say, We warned them. How about that? And this is the New York Times saying it. This is the New York Times saying, All the spies are saying, We warned it. Folks, Biden didn't care. Why did he have to pull? It makes no sense at all. Like this? Now Landron's getting House Democrat on chaotic Afghan pullout. This is a catastrophe. Whoa, National Press for Langevin. That is something that we normally don't see. Wow, con- Congressman Jim Langevin breaking with the fold. That is very, very different for him to be taking that type of uh, tone. All right, I want to, uh, again, I can't stress enough, coming up at one thirty is going to be this White House press briefing and i i think it's going to be some firepower so and this whole business now they're going to be evacuating um people each day i don't i, I just don't that, how does that solve anything so the people left behind are now just at the mercy of the terrorists after 20 how is that the plan that can't be the plan that was never the plan But, folks, Biden owns this. Biden, President Biden owns this. He was the one that decided to do this. He did. Because now we're learning. His military advisors, others were saying this is a really bad idea. He wanted to go ahead with it. So And so they have no one to blame but themselves and him. He owns the decision. He even said it. Brian Williams, he's saying buck stops with him. He owns it. Actually, he was blaming everyone else. He was absolutely blaming everyone else for that. All right. As we await this uh, White House press briefing, folks, this portion of the John DiPietro show. Hey, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They are reopened. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Their new hours are Tuesday through Friday from 7 to 2 o'clock. They're open right now. Delicious calzones, sausage and pepper, meatball calzones, pizza strips, cannolis, chocolate covered donuts, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook, but they are reopened. They've been closed for Ron hurt his hip. They're reopened. You can, wherever you're listening right now, swing over to Ron's Pastry Gourmet for some delicious pizza strips, cannolis, brownies, Chocolate-covered donuts and cakes, pepperoni and cheese calzones, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. You can find them on Facebook, uh, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Wherever you are, you can make it over there right now. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. And if you're hungry for lunch, like I said, they have delicious sausage and pepper, and they have delicious calzones, all kinds. Stop in and see them, Ron and Melissa. Everything fresh, baked fresh daily Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170, Royal Little Drive in Providence, and very safe, by the way. They are off the beaten path, right near AAA in Providence. Why not for lunch? Eggplant, meatball calzones. They also have buffalo chicken calzones. They have Philly cheesesteak calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones, pizza strips, cannolis, brownies, chocolate-covered donuts. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop and, and see them today. So we are standing by for the white house press briefing it's 132 and i think we're gonna get fireworks we could work in a couple other reminders folks don't forget about our friend ryan ryan's appliance repair 401-710-7096 401-710-7096 for ryan's appliance repair repairs on all makes and models of appliances whatever it is washer dryer uh, Ryan can fix it. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401 710 7096. 401 710 7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Ryan can fix it, whether it is, as I said, your dishwasher or a stove. Remember, Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days. Parts and labor and senior citizens discounts are available. Ryan's appliance repair, as you're listing right now on this Tuesday, do you have an appliance in your home that's not working? Now, from what I understand from Ryan, all right, I think um, they are starting right now. Folks, we're going to go to the White House uh, press briefing right now. Let's go.
4: Hello, everybody. I'm going to start with just an update in terms of the president's engagement today uh, in engaging with his national security team and then make a few comments broadly on the situation and then I'll be happy to take your questions. This morning, the president spoke with his military commanders for an operational briefing on the security at the Hamid Karzai International Airport, commonly known as h Kaya. He spoke with Secretary Austin, Chairman Milley, General McKenzie, Admiral Basley, and myself. The president was briefed that DOD personnel have now secured h Kaya. h Kaya is open, and U.S. military evacuation flights are taking off. Following this operational briefing with his military commanders, the president and the vice president met by secure video conference with their national security team.
1: Now folks, again, it's John DiPietro. You're listening. This is live White House press briefing. Let's rejoin it right now. It's uh, 135 right now.
4: General McKenzie, Admiral Beasley, and myself. The president was briefed that DOD personnel have now secured H H Kaya is open and U.S. military evacuation flights are taking off. Following this operational briefing with his military commanders, the president and the vice president met by secure video conference with their national security team intelligence, security, and diplomatic updates on the evolving situation in Afghanistan. They discussed they discuss the status of ongoing uh, evacuations of U.S. citizens, SIV applicants, and other vulnerable Afghans at risk, and how we would do this safely and efficiently, and with a laser focus of the team on monitoring for and preventing any potential terrorist threats at or around HKIA, including from ISIS-K. They were joined by Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, Chairman Milley, Milley, Director Haynes, Director Burns, myself, Ambassador Wilson, Ambassador Khalilzad, General McKenzie, and other senior officials. Just to say a few words about where we come from and where we are, I want to start by saluting our troops and our civilian personnel at the Kabul airport. I want to salute the Defense Department, the intelligence community, the State Department, the Department of Homeland Security, and especially our country team in Kabul, who have been doing incredible work under very trying circumstances. They have safely and effectively drawn down our embassy compound and retrograded our diplomatic personnel. They have now secured the airfield and are conducting flights out of the country. They are moving American citizens as well as Afghan nationals and third country nationals. They are facilitating flights for our allies and partners to get citizens and others out of Afghanistan. These operations will continue in the coming days as we move to evacuate American citizens and Afghan nationals who worked with us along with other vulnerable Afghans. We are engaging diplomatically at the same time with allies in regional countries and with the United Nations to address the situation in Afghanistan. We are in contact with the Taliban to ensure the safe passage of people to the airport. We are monitoring for any potential terrorist threats, as I just mentioned, including from ISIS. We intend to continue these operations over the coming days before completing our drawdown. When you work on any policy issue, domestic policy, foreign policy, any policy issue, the human costs and consequences loom large. And we're all contending with the human costs of these developments. The images from the past couple of days at the airport have been heartbreaking. But President Biden had to think about the human costs of the alternative path as well, which was to stay in the middle of a civil conflict in Afghanistan. There are those who argue that with 2,500 forces, the number of forces in country when President Biden took office, we could have sustained a stable, peaceful Afghanistan. That is simply wrong. The previous administration drew down from 15,000 troops to 2,500 troops. And even at 15,000, the Afghan government forces were losing ground. What has unfolded over the past month has proven decisively that it would have taken a significant American troop presence, multiple times greater than what President Biden was handed to stop a Taliban onslaught. And we would have taken casualties. American men and women would have been fighting and dying once again in Afghanistan. And President Biden was not prepared to send additional forces or ask any American personnel to do that over the period ahead. There have been questions raised about whether we should have drawn down our embassy and evacuated our Afghan allies earlier. These are reasonable questions. We did dramatically accelerate the SIV process and move out a substantial number of SIV applicants and their families. But the Afghan government and its supporters, including many of the people now seeking to leave, made a passionate case that we should not conduct a mass evacuation lest we trigger a loss of confidence in the government. Now, our signaling support for the government obviously did not save the government, but this was a considered judgment. When you conclude 20 years of military action in a civil war in another country with the impacts of 20 years of decisions that have piled up, you have to make a lot of hard calls, none with clean outcomes. What you can do is plan for all contingencies. We did that. The American forces now on the ground at Kaya are there because of contingency planning and drilling we did over the course of months, preparing for a range of scenarios, including dire scenarios. President Biden ordered multiple battalions to be pre-positioned in theater, and he activated them for deployment before the fall of Kabul. He also put additional battalions on a short string here in the United States. Those battalions have now flowed in as well. Yes, there were chaotic scenes yesterday, but as Admiral Kirby said, even well-drawn plans don't survive first contact with reality, and they require adjustments, and we've made those adjustments. We will stay in close touch with our allies and partners in the days ahead as we contend with the immediate need to complete the evacuation mission and as we deal with the broader challenges posed by the new reality in Afghanistan. And we will remain persistently vigilant against the terrorism threat in Afghanistan and in multiple other theaters across multiple continents. We have proven in other places that we can suppress terrorism without a permanent military presence on the ground, and we intend to do exactly that in Afghanistan. And with that, I would be happy to take your questions. Yes.
2: So I wanted to Uh, The president yesterday said that the buck stops with him. I want to get an understanding of what did he mean by, what is he taking ownership of? Not just the decision to leave Afghanistan, but is he taking responsibility for the chaos? during the evacuation for the decisions not to do evacuations sooner. But all Is he taking responsibility for that? And for any bloodshed that may be happening right now, is he taking responsibility for that?
4: He's taking responsibility for every decision the United States government took with respect to Afghanistan because, as he said, the buck stops with him. I am also taking responsibility, and so are my colleagues, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the directors of our intelligence agencies. We as a national security team collectively take responsibility for every decision, good uh, decision, uh, every decision that doesn't produce perfect outcomes. That is what responsibility is. Now, at the same time, that doesn't change the fact that there are other parties here responsible as well, who have taken actions and decisions that help lead us to where we are. So from our perspective, what we have to do now is focus on the task at hand, the mission at hand. You mentioned chaos at the airport yesterday. At the end of the day, the question is, can we effectively evacuate those people who we intend to evacuate? And that is what we are planning for and executing against beginning today where the airport is secure, the flights are going, the people are coming, and we will continue to do that in the days ahead. Yes. Yeah. What is President Biden's response to the
0: people of Afghanistan who are now in the hands of the Taliban terrorists and feel abandoned by the United States, or to those in Taiwan and elsewhere that are fearful that the U.S. will abandon them to the aggression of China? And follow-up to that is, what is President Biden's response to people in Israel and other countries who might also believe that the U.S. will abandon them to terrorists?
4: So to the first question, is President Biden and all of us, as I said in my opening comment, are heartbroken by the human consequences that have unfolded and could continue to unfold in Afghanistan. We believe passionately in human rights and human dignity, and we want to work with the international community to advance that wherever we can. But President Biden was not prepared to have American men and women continue to fight and die in the civil war of another country in order to achieve that. We will use every other tool at our disposal to achieve that, and we will do so day after day, month after month in the period ahead uh, on behalf of the people of Afghanistan. To your question about allies, we gave 20 years of American blood, treasure, sweat, and tears in Afghanistan. We gave them every capacity in terms of training and equipment to stand up and fight for themselves, and at some point... it was the time for the United States to say that the Afghan people had to stand up for themselves. We believe that our commitments to our allies and partners are sacrosanct and always have been. We believe our commitment to... Uh, Taiwan and to Israel remains as strong as it's ever been. Keep in mind that with respect to Afghanistan, we said back in 2011 that we would be out in 2014. We stayed another seven years, far and above and beyond the commitment that we made more than a decade ago. And the last thing that I would say is that President Biden is laser focused on accomplishing the core national security objectives of the United States. And when it comes to Afghanistan, that was Getting bin Laden and degrading Al Qaeda. We accomplished that, and he believes it was time for our troops to come home. Yes.
0: So, um, just now, you, you described a kind of choice that the president was, that was in front of the president. Either save the you know, save the folks, the allies in Afghanistan, the folks that, that helped the United States through the last few decades, or sacrifice more American young men. I think the, the question out there on Capitol Hill and around Washington and elsewhere is, wasn't there another choice? Wasn't there a way you could have ended, you know, President Biden could have ended the war in the way that he wanted to end the war so that Americans don't sacrifice uh, further for this war, but at the same time do a better job of either ignoring Ghani's you know, request to, to to not start evacuations, or you know, figuring some way that we wouldn't end up in a situation where there's masses of people crashing through the airport, and the execution of the last four, five, six days that has seemed to just about everybody uh, as 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 not. I mean, is is not the way a competent administration. Uh, not the result that a competent administration um, you know has in the so wasn't, isn't that a false choice and, and, and why couldn't you uh
4: do both so first what i would say is that uh, we, we were clear-eyed going in when we made this decision that it was possible that the taliban would end up in control of afghanistan we were clear-eyed about that now as the President said in his remarks yesterday, we did not anticipate that it would happen at this speed, though we were planning for these potential contingencies. The reason I say that at the outset, that we knew it was possible they could take over and that had to be built into our calculus and making the determination, as the President did, to draw down our forces, is because once the Taliban came into Kabul, we were going to be faced with the situation, no matter if there were still U.S. troops on the ground or no U.S. troops on the ground of dealing with a significant number of people wanting to come to an airport to try to get evacuated. I'll give you an example. We communicated with American citizens for weeks, telling them to get out of the country. We offered financial assistance for those who wouldn't be able to afford to get on flights themselves. Many chose to stay right till the end, and that was their choice. We now are faced with a circumstance where we have to help evacuate those. That's our responsibility, is the U.S. government. But the point I'm making is that when a civil war comes to an end with an opposing force marching on the Capitol, there are going to be scenes of chaos. There are going to be lots of people leaving the country. That is not something that can be uh, fundamentally avoided. And so while it is uh, a, a point for reasonable debate, in my view, as to how to think about the right moment to signal a complete loss of confidence in a government or not, and which is going to lead to more suffering and death or not. The fact is that we made the judgments we made based on the information we had at the time while preparing for the alternative contingency, which was having to flow in these troops to be able to get out folks in a mass evacuation. Yes. Do
0: you believe that the mission could be completed by August 31st? As a national security advisor, Uh, What do you see the scenario on September 1st? Do you think the Taliban of 2021 are different than 2001? Uh, Do you see an analogous situation to Iraq where a new terrorist organization
1: would be born, uh, like like ISIS out of Iraq, for example?
4: So just on the last point, uh, it's fairly well documented that the Taliban and ISIS-K fight one another, struggle against one another. Uh, So I I do not foresee a symbiotic relationship there, though these are dynamic scenarios, so we will have to see how it plays. We are working day by day to get as many people out, so I'm not going to speculate on the the timetable question that you just laid out. And then finally, on what we expect from the Taliban going forward, that is something that will have to be watched and observed over time. Whether, in fact, they are prepared uh, to meet their obligations uh, to the basic human rights and human dignity of people, to the safe passage of people to the airport, to uh, the fair, uh, and, and fair and just treatment of civilians, that is something they're going to have to show. I come at this with no expectations, but only a sense uh, that they will have to prove to the international community that um, uh, who they ultimately are
1: going to end up being. Yes. Both at one forty nine, John DiPietro, you're listening to this this is a live briefing from the White House on the situation in Taliban, right here on the John De Petro show.
4: The Taliban have informed us that they are prepared to provide the safe passage of civilians to the airport. And we intend to hold them to that commitment. Do you believe them? Yes. Just for clarity on that, is
0: there some deadline that's been set? as the Taliban assurances that this will go till August
4: 31st? Is the deadline before that or after that, for clarity on what you just said? We believe that this can go till the 31st. We're talking to them about what the exact timetable is for how this will all play out. And I don't want to Negotiate in public on on working out the best modality to get the most people out in the most efficient way possible. So, I
0: mean, Yesterday, President Biden said that the United States military cannot sacrifice where there is no national interest. If the same uh, analysis will the U.S. withdraw from its allies, including South
4: Korea? What is your comment? The president, as he has said repeatedly, has no intention of drawing down our forces from South Korea or from Europe, where we have sustained uh, true presences for a very long time, not in the middle of a civil war, but to deal with the potential of an external en- enemy and to protect our ally against that external enemy. So it is a fundamentally different kind of situation from the one we are presented with. Thank you. In the, Thank you. Thank you. the
2: president yesterday said the situation, in Afghanistan unfolded more quickly than just a few moments ago, but numerous officials have told ABC that there were key intelligence assessments warning the Taliban could overwhelm the country and take the capital within a Did the White House disregard that intelligence
4: and push ahead? Uh, I'm not actually familiar with the intelligence assessments you're describing, uh, but I also don't want to get into um, specific intelligence products. And one thing I will not do from this podium or anywhere else is... Um, talk about what a different component of the interagency did or didn't do, because from my perspective, we are one team with one mission, trying to execute and uh, do so in the best interest of our interests and values. So okay, the, last
2: the, last be, is the mission, mission is not complete. complete by August 31st, and there are Americans and Afghan allies who remain there. Will U.S. troops stay until everyone is out, or will they leave?
4: So I'm not going to comment on hypotheticals. What I'm going to do is stay focused on the task at hand, which is getting as many people out as rapidly as possible, and we will take that day by day.
0: You can't commit to bring back everyone a lot, there's, Jake, a large number of, there's a large number of Christian missionaries and aid
4: workers that are particularly vulnerable because they're going to be Christians. Is there any plan to get them uh, to the airport and get them out? We are working with a variety of different types of groups, journalists, aid workers, NGO workers, and so forth, to help facilitate their departure from the country. Yes.
2: Jay, talk about these contingency plans. But the President of the United States left the White House on Friday. When did your administration know that another 6,000
1: troops were
4: So on Wednesday evening, the president convened the principals, this is last Wednesday evening, to discuss the deteriorating situation on the ground in Afghanistan. He posed the question as to whether we had to flow more forces in from the point of view of a contingency to draw down our embassy uh, and to secure evacuation. Thursday morning, he gave the order to begin flowing those forces in. And then as we watched the situation unfold over the course of the coming days, uh, we determined Determined that we would go from step one of that contingency plan, which was about 3,000 troops, to step two of that contingency plan, which was about 6,000 troops.
2: You them in. Why did he leave the White House the concert, they Why did he leave the White House on Friday?
4: The president worked throughout the entire weekend. I was uh, intimately familiar with his working habits over the course of the weekend, because I was on the phone with him constantly. Secretary Austin was on the phone with him, Chairman Milley, Secretary Blinken, the team in country. So he was monitoring developments hour by hour throughout that entire time and has been making a series of decisions about troop deployments, uh, giving us direction and guidance about how to take the shape of this mission and make sure that we're executing it. And at every turn, asking our military, who is leading this mission and executing this mission with bravery and valor, what do you Need, I will get you anything you need. He asked that question multiple times every single day. So, President Biden has been deeply engaged in this. Yes. Sorry, um, um, there's a lot of anger
2: in uh, Australia this morning. Um, citizens, and then, of course, so many Afghans who um, have helped the Australian forces and helping the U.S. mission over the past 20 years. Um, Does the administration accept some responsibility, or perhaps what would be your response um, to those people who are trapped and and some are fearing execution because of the, the exit strategy, or perhaps lack of
4: competent exit strategy? We do take some responsibility for our allies and partners in Afghanistan. In fact, as I said in my opening comments, we are working to facilitate flights that have already done so for countries that have lined them up and gotten their citizens to the airport. And we'll be eager to work with Australia to help get out Australian citizens and other uh, individuals who the Australians would like to see get out. Jake,
3: yes. Jake, what do you say to uh, the
4: next generation of Afghan women and children and uh, young girls who face fundamentally different human rights forward? I, I say that truly, deeply... My heart goes out to Afghan women and girls in the country today under the Taliban. We've seen what they've done before, and that's a very hard thing for any of us to face. But this wasn't a choice just between saving those women and and girls and not saving those women and girls. The alternative choice had its own set of human costs and consequences, as I said. And those human costs and consequences would have involved a substantial ramp up of American participation in the Civil War with more loss of life and more bloodshed. Families here in the United States who would be asking a different form of the question you just asked. These are the choices a president has to make. And it doesn't mean because we don't have forces in that country that we're not going to fight on behalf of women and girls in human rights and human dignity. We are. We do in many other countries where we don't have active military participation. And we'll do it in Afghanistan, too, and we will attempt to use... Every measure of tool and influence we have, along with our international allies and partners, to alleviate the burden that those women and girls will face in the days ahead, we are absolutely resolutely committed to that. Yes. Right now, uh, there is a chaotic situation in Kabul where we don't even have the establishment of a governing authority. So it would be really premature to address that question. Ultimately, it's going to be up to the Taliban to show the rest of the world who they are they intend to proceed. The track record has not been good, but it's premature to address that question at this point. Yes.
2: I said that the Taliban is committed to safe passage to the airport, but our reporting is that they set checkpoints outside the airport. Mm-hmm. People are being beaten and whipped when they try and cross mm-hmm. these checkpoints, and that some of the evacuation flights are leaving nearly empty as a result. What assurances do you have specifically about oh,
1: these checkpoints? Oh
4: When
2: do you expect them to stop doing this?
4: So two things about that. First, uh, the earliest evacuation flights in any evacuation tend not to have uh, every seat filled because the process of getting any evacuation underway has a throughput issue. So we believe that that is being resolved with each successive flight, and we will be putting 300 passengers on your average military cargo plane heading out of the country one after another, hot onloading and hot offloading. Second, in terms of people being turned away, by and large, what we have found is that people have been able to get to the airport. In fact, very large numbers of people have been able to get to the airport and present themselves. There have been instances where we have received reports of people being turned away or pushed back or even beaten we are taking that up in a channel with the taliban to try to resolve those issues and we are concerned about whether that will continue to unfold in the coming days as things stand right now what we are finding is that we are getting people through the gate We are getting them lined up, and we are getting them on planes. But this is an hour-by-hour issue, and it's something we are clear-eyed about and very focused on holding the Taliban accountable to follow through on its commitment. Yes. thanks so much. You talked about your confidence in the
1: contingency
4: planning, And I'm wondering if in hindsight, looking at the planning and execution,
1: what this administration... Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. You've been listening to this White House press briefing with Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor. Right now, he is um, just taking questions and basically staying put. But you're you're already seeing planes are leaving empty without people. Uh, They still won't answer why was President Biden at Camp David when he needed to send in thousands more troops. So he is the National Security Advisor. Uh, Listen, enjoy this Tuesday. We'll continue to follow the story. I want you to stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. And then you will hear the John Deon program. Remember, if there's breaking news, you can find me on Facebook Live. Stay tuned for the two o'clock news.